Hello. Welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So it was kind of interesting uh, this morning, or actually just a little bit ago, um, I was my Facebook memories. I was, you know, looking at Facebook, Ugh, um, my nemesis. Um, and a couple of memories popped up that were fairly significant in my running career. And um, I know I've covered some of this before, but, you know, for people who have not heard those um, particular episodes you know, from the past, I um, thought I'd kind of recap some of that for you because they are pretty significant. Um, I am recording this on Sunday afternoon, which is September 26th. And um, I'll say before I get started on those little stories, and I do have an update on my running week, um, or the weekend running. Um, I was, I was running this morning and, um, along the river walk and, uh, these two cyclists came by and I'm really embarrassed because I'm sure I know them, but I just couldn't figure out who they were. And I was just kind of like, Hey, you know, cause they say, Hey Donna. <laughs> and so just to kind of save face. I'm like, Hey. And then the, the second girl, she's like, I love your podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I always get a big kick out of that when someone says that to me, you know, that I don't know very well or anything like that. Or, you know, like I said, like I've said before, it's like, you know, standing in line to pick up a packet for a race and people will turn around and go, are you the podcast lady? <laughs> the podcast lady. Um, but anyway, I digress a little bit. Um, oh God, here I go. That's my new favorite phrase. I digress. Um, anyway, so interestingly, um, six years ago, uh, on this date, and I think it was a Saturday six years ago, uh, which would have been 2015, I, uh, did my fourth ultra in 10 months, which is fairly significant because that was kind of the beginning of my, uh, ultra career, um, which <laughs> has been kind of on ice for a couple of years and, um, determined to, uh, break that. I don't know if I'm going to break it by the end of the year, but definitely early next year. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, this one was sort of interesting because um, about a month before I had tried the 60K at Reveille Peak Ranch, which is the uh, ultimate race, ultimate, the final race in the Captain Carl's Nighttime Trail Series. And um, I had never tried a 60K before, but that was part of my training plan because um, I was training for that 50 miler and um, it's kind of interesting how this stuff all sort of shakes out eventually. But uh, so, yeah, I had new shoes, that, which is of course the stupidest thing you should ever do, um, especially, well, it's okay to have new shoes if you've been using the same brand, you know, and whatnot, I think, um, <clears throat> as long as it's not like a significant change, you know, um, I mean, for the most part, it's usually just like, tweaks and upgrades, you know, little things. Um, but this was when the first iteration of the Hoka, um, speed goat had come out and on paper, it just sounded like the most perfect shoe for me. I was like, Oh my God, it's got a Vibram sole. And I know I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, really, you know, badass on trails, you know, especially rocky trails. And I was like, yeah, yeah, check, check. Um, problem was, is when I went to the running store, I, um, I bought him at Valley Running Company. No offense, Herman. He knows the story. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that was our shoe store in McAllen. Still a great resource for your shoe buying needs, uh, in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, I still 
hold it as one of my favorite places to buy all things running. Um, we have a couple places up here that I really like a lot too, but um, but in the Valley, there, there really were not too many options. We were very lucky to have uh, what we referred to as VRC, Valley Running Company. Um, so anyway, there's a new, there's a guy who was kind of new at uh, the shoe sales biz. Um, in fact, he was in my running group. I used to run with a, a group that kind of, we all kind of assembled at VRC and, you know, did runs midweek and whatnot. And uh, super nice guy. And, you know, was, I think he was a EMT or a firefighter. I can't remember which. I don't think it really matters. <laughs> Here we go. I sound like Homer Simpson's dad or something. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes involves Homer's dad. He's like in some big box, like Home Depot or like uh, Sam's Club or something like that. And he pulls the, you know, he's trying to pay his bill and he like pulls on, he's like, this is the first nickel I ever had or something like that. You know, it's just like the most ridiculous detail. But of course, you know, to Homer's dad, that was really important. And um, anyway, woo. Um, you know me, if you've been listening to this for any length of time, you know that I'm all over the place. So, um, strap in. Um, so anyway, long story short, the, um, the shoes, I, I was, uh, you know, sold these shoes by this guy and super nice. And I think he had, you know, like one of the veterans with him. Um, the problem was, is that I didn't really know what my size was and, normally, I mean, like in regular shoes, I wear like a size six cause I don't have very big feet. Um, and, um, which that's another story for another time, but let's just say I buy a lot of display shoes, <laughs> but, um, in running shoes, I've found that if you go a size larger, that it's better for you because you, um, you know, it gives your feet some room to swell and, you know, do all that jazz. And, and, and so that was cool. Uh, but the problem was, is they didn't have a seven and, uh, the, the only size they had was a seven and a half. And so I was like, well, and of course I'm in the, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. <laughs> like a little kid, you know, throwing caution to the wind, you know, to use the cliche, I, that, that I somehow thought, well, this will be okay. And so, yeah, let's try it on this. <laughs> the first time you're doing a 60 K in the summer. Oh my gosh. So this isn't a knock on that shoe necessarily. It just didn't work out for me. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, well, first of all, we all, you know, drove up from the Valley, um, because that's when I still live there. And, uh, you know, we had a big, you know, truckload of us and, I don't know. I think we all went, <laughs> this is really stupid, but well, I mean, it was a good idea, but it just didn't end up working out very well. Um, we normally is, I, I like to not spend a ton of time lingering out in the heat before doing one of these races, just because it kind of beats you down. And, um, so I think it was orally, you know, we had this idea that it was you know, a great idea to just find a Walmart <laughs> I think we were in a Walmart in Marble Falls, as I recall. It seems like that's where the one is. And um, between there and Burnett. And um, so we went in there and spent some time just trying to cool off and, you know, not overheat ourselves. And then, I don't know, one thing led to another. And we ended up getting to the race with like about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes to spare before we, you know, had to go. And um, 
and I, I was not dressed yet for the, for the race. I hadn't put on my shoes. You know, I mean, I was just, I, most of the time I'm pretty go with the flow kind of person, you know, like, yeah, whatever, you know, hmm, it's fine. I can roll with it. I mean, you know, I haven't been a, a cops reporter for a long time. I mean, you know, you have to kind of learn to not expect that your everything is going to go the way you expect it every single day. Um, and I think that's one of my strengths. It also works pretty well when I teach. Um, but when I do races, I'm really kind of persnickety about this. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't like being rushed at the start of a race because it just, it makes me anxious. And so, you know, I'm trying to get all my stuff on, you know, get my gear together, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I mean, I just felt like we got in line for the start and, um, I was with my, my friend Chris and, um, and she was afraid of the dark. So we kind of hung together and, um, and they're starting to count us down. And I think by, by the time we got to five, I had burst into tears. <laughs> I don't even know why. I think she may have also, I think we were both just very overwhelmed because neither of us had ever done a 60 K and, um, and we didn't really like this whole shebang of, you know, getting there at the last second and, you know, just go, you know, <laughs> so, like being shot out of a cannon. Um, this is one thing COVID has done for us is give us those rolling starts and boy, oh boy, do I like that. Um, or I like that option. And I think that is something that's going to stay. Um, I mean, from what I've read, they're going to do, um, you know, the mass start for those of you who just love being trampled death or, you know, <laughs> or badass and, you know, can win the thing. Uh, and then there's the rest of us like me, you know, who kind of like, you know, shuffling out there with maybe a couple of buddies and, you know, not feeling stressed. And I don't have to do the old jumping off of the trail for, you know, 15 minutes at the beginning of a race, because that's usually what I end up doing because it becomes a conga line. And I'm so gosh darn polite that I always feel like I'm clogging up the works. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, boy, I'm really dragging out this story. Um, so anyway, yeah. So Chris and I ended up staying together for the first 12 and a half mile loop. Um, and as you have probably heard me describe Reveille before, it's sort of like the lunar surface. It's just like these big rock uh, domes and, and they've got these things that can, you know, there's lots of rocks of course, and lots of granite and, you know, lots of things to trip over and catch your feet on. And so it became abundantly clear after about a mile or two. Oh yeah. And I also have my brand new, uh, Sunto Ambit Sport 3. Ooh, plug, plug. Um, yeah. And I didn't even know how to work it. <laughs> Here we go two strikes against me, you know, new shoes and new sports watch. Cause the old Garmin that looked like a laptop on my wrist had finally fallen apart. And, uh, so I had to replace it. And let me just tell you something really quick. Uh, I love Sunto. I mean, I've grown to love it. It's, it's sort of like driving a stick, you know, you, <laughs> it's very frustrating and bewildering <laughs> at first, but once you get it, it's great, you know? And, um, unfortunately though, when you're used to a Garmin or you know, some other kind of sports watch. It was just not what I needed at that moment. Um, <clears throat> so I just, I could barely, you know, figure out. You know, so I was like relying on Chris and her phone that night, you know, to kind of give us an idea roughly where we were, how long it was taking us. And, uh, and, you know, 
and so it became very clear that these shoes were just way too big for me because they, they may as well have been just these big floppy clown shoes because every freaking time I hit a rock, you know, the wrong way, I would propel up like a rocket and then just smash down. I mean, this must have happened dozens of times over the course of those 12 and a half miles. And you only get 12 hours to do this race. And so, um, and, and you need to kind of give yourself a bit of a buffer toward the, you know, the second and third loops, because obviously you're going to be tired. And, you know, so long story short, I, you know, I was falling apart. Chris was freaked out. Um, and we kept back and forthing about, you know, whether or not we were going to continue doing the race. And, um, you know, <laughs> every five minutes I was changing my mind and so was she. Um, and then we ran across my friends, David and Hoel and, uh, I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can go on with this race. You know, this is just, you know, it's, it was just became really frustrating and annoying and embarrassing. And it was just, I just feel like I was going to be out there literally all night and, you know, which is okay, I guess. But the problem was, is that it took us almost four hours or just maybe a four and change to get through that first loop. And I just came in and I'm like, nope, not doing it. Not going back out there. Cause I just knew I was going to end up DNFing anyway. And I just, um, turned to my chip and then Chris ended up dropping with me, which I was sad about because I felt like, I'd, you know, I felt like I'd let her down. And then of course there was some drama. I swear to God, this is one thing I don't miss about the Valley uh, is uh, we have, we have some drama Kings. I know, isn't it funny? Drama Kings. And um, yeah, there's some smack talking on Facebook. We had a little group, like a Facebook group and somebody <clears throat> who I will not mention, but a guy, uh, who just seemed to, I don't know. I think, I don't know if there was jealousy or what, I don't know. I'm not going to get into the psychology of this, but let's just say, I think sometimes when I was in the Valley, there were some people, not all who were very suspicious of me being this out of towner, white, um, smart, you know, pretty much single, you know, and, and just very different from them. And I, you know, I could care less. I mean, I did not advertise myself like this. I didn't look down on anyone. I mean, I mean, to this day, I still hold a very special place in my heart for, for the Rio Grande Valley. Cause, um, you know, it's kind of like my second or third home, um, Stewart, Florida, probably being my first home away from home. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so this guy starts smack talking, us. He was like trying to do like live updates in a thread, I think. And he was saying really nasty things. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, Donna, you know, quit, you know, you know, and I don't know, he was just talking all kinds of nasty stuff. And finally, I think David, cause he's one of the moderators, <laughs> just pulled the plug on that post and, you know, but it was just making me feel worse, you know, cause I already felt like crap anyway. Cause I, you know, I don't enjoy DNFing, especially if you, you know, have driven, you know, six hours or better, you know, to get up to this place. Um, but you know, I just knew in my heart that I just couldn't eke it out. And, you know, for some reason that was looked upon as a sign of weakness. Of course, I don't think a lot of them understood what it's like to be, you know, in your early fifties at that point, you know, to, uh, you know, have those feelings. But anyway, God, I'm really rambling. Um, <laughs> you can tell this still bothers me. Um, and I, I just, yeah, and I just felt bad. And then I later found out that some of the group, again, the guys, 
they were talking to Chris, one of Chris's daughters who had come with her. Um, they're like, you got to get her away from Donna. She's going to make her quit. You know, you just got to get her to, to not quit, you know, cause it's like, they were blaming me for her decision to DNF. And I'm just like, look, you big jerks. <laughs> I mean, I get along with these people just fine now, but it was bad. It was just, I don't know. It was kind of like a form of bullying and it, it, really pissed me off. But anyway, so that's the, the lead up to, uh, so I, <laughs> the night after I found out about another race, which was, um, this place called, I know I'm going to give it the wrong name, Flat Creek Crossing Ranch, I think, um, immediately next door to Pedernales Falls. And, uh, there was a 50 K there and I was like, and I needed an ultra. So I was just like, screw it. I'm signing up. And it was for, um, back on my feet, this, this organization that helps the homeless, um, kind of, you know, kind of find their way through running and, and whatnot and support systems, et cetera. So anyway, God, I'm really blathering. Um, suffice it to say, I signed up for this race. I went up the day before just to kind of check it out. Um, also cause I had to drive pretty far and I, my hotel wasn't too far from there. And, uh, you know, saw the race director, right? Well, saw this guy, he looked like Mark Ruffalo <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, I just wanted to kind of come up and, you know, see, see what it looks like up here. And, um, and I found out that he was the RD. And so I was just like, okay, here's the thing, man. I've done three ultras. I've finished three ultras and all three of them are, <laughs> they were just epic mud fest. I swear to God. It's like my first three were just these you know, as my friend Ben likes to laugh at me, I call them biblical, um, rainstorms. I mean, it was just insanity. I mean, you know, and well, one was very icy and cold and muddy, um, Bandera 50 K. Um, but yeah, it was just, so I'm like, I don't really, and this, this race had a cutoff of like eight hours, which is ooh, pretty tight <laughs> still to this day for me, uh, you know, for a 50 K and I'm like, look, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get, you know, pulled off the course. I said, cause look, I'm, you know, I explained my stupid saga to him. And, um, you know, I said, I don't really, I said my, my fastest one I think has been, you know, nine and, you know, or just under nine and, um, you know, like maybe eight 40 something, I don't know. But anyway, um, I was just like, look, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to you know do this, but I don't want to get pulled off the course because I, I really need to bag this one. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So long story short, I get to this race and, it, and like a lot of races outside of Austin, they're really small. Um, they have these, you know, kind of niche, um, uh, groups that, that, you know, put on races and they have all these like really fast people. And of course the, guess what? The majority of people sign up for the 30 K not the 50. So it wasn't like a Tejas race where I'm expecting, you know, 8 million people. And I'm like, in the mix in the back. Um, oh no. <laughs> so anyway, the, um, yeah, so we started at like 6am. There were only 10 of us doing the 50 K and I was like, Oh God. Um, what made it worse or more significantly vivid is that, um, God love the RD, but, uh, Mark Ruffalo marked the course with green non-reflective ribbons. Okay. So when you are out there in the dark, because it's 6am, it's still dark this time of year. 
you can't see anything. And so I just remember running up and down this dry creek bed because I could not figure out where the hell it went. And I was just <laughs> I was really starting to get kind of agitated. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I ended up adding like a, a you know, uh, like a mile or so to my, you know, already slow race, you know, just being lost. And then finally I, I saw it. It was like across the dry creek bed. I was leading up this hill and there's the green hang tag. <laughs> um, anyway, long story short, I, uh, I was the last guy on the course and they had to close the course. And a lot of people got lost by the way. So it wasn't just me. It wasn't me being, you know, typical Donna. Um, so yeah, so I saw the race director, I saw this other guy and he, he was like from a shoe store in Austin or something. And, He's like, you are running this, aren't you? And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> shade. <laughs> it's just like, God, I really have to put up with a lot of abuse from men. What the hell is that about? Um, I don't know if it's coincidental or what, but it was just sort of like, wow, dude, like, shut up. Um, but I did see the RD and um, I only had about, I think, five-ish miles left, but he's like, look, I got to close the course. You know, it was after two at this point, which was the cutoff. He's like, I got, you know, these other two guys coming in. I got to send my timing people home. I got to send my volunteers home. I can't have them out here all day. However, uh, and it was, well, you know, it's kind of near Halloween. And so they had all this <laughs> crap for Halloween and, you know, just like Cokes and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I had a drop bag, but uh, he's like, here, I'm going to leave you this stuff here, you know, which was, you know, where all the drop bags, well, my drop bag was, there's really nobody left. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, you can, you know, stay on the course. You know, I just didn't get a finisher medal or a finish, you know, which at that point I just didn't care. I was just like, okay. You know, so I became the, you know, the weird lady out there running by herself doing loops. And every time I'd come through, cause there's like, it was probably like two and a half mile loop that I was running, you know, just to kind of, you know, get my mileage and, and, uh, there'd be less and less of the course. And, you know, the race director kind of waved every time. And then by the time I made my final pass through, um, he was gone. Everybody was gone except for these construction workers who were like standing on a scaffold and they were all applauding. <laughs> uh, and I did that one in nine hours and 13 minutes, I think it was, which is actually not too bad for me at that time in my career. Um, I don't even know what I do at it. 50k these days, it'd probably be really ugly. Um, and then I drove back to the valley after that. Woo! Uh, I did get Chick-fil-A because I was really hungry for some grease. Um, anyway. um, so yeah, so I did atone for my sin and, and actually that's what the cover art is for this episode is my Sunto Ambit. All right, quickly, God, this is going on forever. Um, this one's a little shorter, this little story. Five years ago, I introduced my friend PJ Iseguiere and Austin Shields to the world of trail racing. And um, we were all living in the valley. And there these two guys at the time, they were like in their 20s. And um, you know, there I was the older gal. And, uh, you know, but I'm like the, you know, cheerleader. Hey, guys, you need to come up. And I'm going to be captaining an aid station. And who wants to come with? So they met me at my house and I drove them up in my little, my then Honda Fit. Oh my God. Um, and we drove up to Camp Eagle, which is probably about six and a half hours away. Oh my God, it was forever. Um, 
And they had never, I remember Jonathan uh, Thomas, who's the uh, volunteer coordinator. Uh, it was kind of funny. It was like, he's super tall. Chris, Chris, De, Mick Waters, De, Mick Waters is incredibly tall. And then Austin is incredibly tall. So we had these three tall white guys. <laughs> it was like, they're from a secret tribe. <laughs> but anyway, um, Jonathan, you know, he drove his truck up the, uh, this, you know, monster truck hill of rock and whatnot. And I'm gamely following behind in my stupid little, you know, what do you call it? Roller skate of a car. I, when I was, when I left the following day, I was like, how in the world did I get this car up here? Oh, which also led to my purchase of a Subaru because I needed to go off road. I was like, I can't be driving around in this little, you know, sissy car. Um, but anyway, suffice it to say, uh, we, we, you know, the thing went really well and, um, we, uh, it was baby's first aid station as a captain and, uh, it was great. We, everything went really well. Um, I do think a lot of people, I think that was a, there were a lot of people were throwing up because <laughs> it was really hot. And so, yeah, that was a good time. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. And then, uh, but the, the PS on that story is PJ is now, a uh, co-race director with Tejas Trails. He quit his job uh, and uh, has moved up here. Well, he's been up here before, but anyway, long story short, he's now an RD. And I was like, wow, look at that. I feel like kind of proud of myself. I was like, ooh, it's like having one of your children, you know, grow up and do something, even though he's not my child, um, but he is a dear friend. Um, so anyway, so there's that. And that, that that's a fun memory. Um, anyway, running this week, uh, we had a front come through for the love of God, finally, um, on Thursday. And so, yeah, the la um, I ran Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, got in the miles I needed for the week and I discovered the joy of the four minutes on two minutes off, um, interval. Um, yesterday when I ran at McAllister park with, uh, I, I ran across Maria and Karen who I ran with a couple weeks ago. And they were going in the opposite direction, but I, uh, I was desperately looking to latch on with somebody. And so they introduced me to this uh, method and I, you know, it really, it worked. It kept me honest. It made me, uh, it didn't feel like I was being beaten to death. And, um, I tried it again today. Uh, I did a, I ended up with like eight and a half yesterday and I did six this morning, well, mid morning. Um, and I did, I pretty much stuck to that. I mean, occasionally I would walk a little bit because sometimes the hills on the river walk are a little woo. Um, but I still felt pretty good. Um, I mean, again, I have this eating problem where I forget to eat or I don't eat breakfast. And then I just kind of like start running out of gas. But um, but it went well. Um, I even had a PR on one segment of the course, according to Strava. So there's that. Um, anyway, so I'm feeling... I'm getting more confidence. So that makes me feel better. I feel like I'm kind of getting near the, you know, that ultra mindset to look at world. Um, we'll see. Um, oh, also one last thing. Um, remember I was mentioning last week that I'm pacing my friend Sarisa at Cactus Rose. Well, guess what? Turns out she's not doing a hundred. She's doing the 150. Oh no, she has to be extra special. So I'm just like, Oh God, you know? So, I, I'm, I think I'm still pacing her on f Saturday night. So by then she's going to be exhausted and good and tired. And, you know, I will be 
right on pace with her because she ain't going to be, you know, sprinting or doing anything crazy. So I think that's going to work out pretty well. I mean, it's just, as long as it doesn't rain, <clears throat> rain, God, try to talk, um, then I think we'll be doing okay. So, um, I mean, even if it does rain, what are you going to do? You can't change it. It's like I've been, and I've done a 50K out at, you know, that place. And, uh, and, and that was in January and it was like ice everywhere and mud. Ugh really don't want to have to relive that again, but, um, yeah, so, Ooh, almost at 30 minutes. So, um, I think that's all I've got for now. So happy anniversary sort of, uh, for the, this day in history. And, uh, that's all I've got for now. I'll see you next time.